0: Welcome to the Inventory Professional Podcast, brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry leading property inspection software, accredited training, and on demand property reports. Join us as we discuss the latest news, legislation, and all things property, hosted by our very own inventory expert, Sean Hemming Metcalf. With regular special guests, listening to our open and honest discussions about the role of the inventory professional and how to navigate through this ever-changing, fast-paced industry.
1: So welcome to the Inventory Base Academy podcast with myself, Sean from Inventory Base and the lovely Melissa from MGN Inventories. Melissa, it's been a while.
0: I know it's been surprising actually I suppose it's with the summertime but um, you lose track of how quickly time goes and then all of a sudden it got cold and I thought oh it's been it has been a while
1: Oh, yeah, it has, isn't it? I mean, obviously, I've been noticing that the morning's getting darker, evening's getting a bit darker, etc. But I think the last couple of days have really brought home to the fact that we're now in autumn and that, yeah, we're getting into the cold season, which I never like because often I find some houses are much colder inside than they are outside, which completely sounds daft, but they are, and I'm not looking forward to that side of things. But in a way, it's nice to be heading towards Christmas and I hope we can enjoy Christmas bearing in mind everything that's going on but like you said these last six months it's weird that we are even talking about the fact that you know we've been in some kind of kind of like restrictions stroke lockdown stroke weird situation for the last six months because it's flown by in some respects really really quickly
0: yeah absolutely I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day and I said I really do feel like I did sort of January February March and then it's just it's just been a blur and then all of a sudden we're in September it does feel like the year's completely gone and I, I don't know in my mind I kind of think oh we'll just get this year over and then everything will be back to normal but you know really we're nowhere near knowing that at all but in my mind I do just keep thinking oh yeah we'll get to January and then things
1: will just be <laughs> the same as we've been but there's a little yeah. bit of at this stage <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like you just want to put 2020 to bed, don't you? In a weird, in a way, it's weird because you would think 2020 is quite a, an interesting year just from the sound of it, and that it's going to be really buoyant and interesting and different. And I think it has been, but all for the wrong reasons. And, yeah, um, it's
0: definitely been different.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I'll be quite pleased when we get to New Year's Eve and that we can usher the new year in and hopefully it'll be much more on a positive note. But you know, to be fair, there's also been a lot of changes, a lot of updates within the industry. And I was kind of, like, you know, working my way through them early on just to kind of see what's been going on. I mean, and I've highlighted a few, Um, one obviously being the fact that tenant fees, uh, the transition period has now ended. That ended on the 31st of May. So that is now fully embedded in law. And the fact that, you know, tenants only have to provide the deposit plus a few other kind of pre-described requirements in regards to, you know, taking up a tenancy. So that's all changed. Although one thing, certainly from my point of view, and I don't know if you agree with this, is the fact that I haven't really seen much of a difference in regards to a slowdown in the market or a a reduction in the amount of reports we've been doing, and also um, in regards to the fees that we ourselves as, you know, infantry providers charge.
0: No so I haven't seen any downturn in it and I did expect it I kind of thought well if, if it's going to happen it will be immediately when the fee you know is fully in place so landlords will say oh no I'll do the check out myself so I kind of expected it to happen this year and then people learn from their mistakes and then start using people again um, for future tenancies but I've not seen a downturn it in it as much. Um, I have seen a small impact from that which I suppose is a side note to this but I suppose it's important for inventory clerks and companies to be aware of. It's a few checkouts that I've done on chasing the agent for payment they've said oh yes I will chase the landlord for you because they're now paying it directly um, and that's something that we've never really certainly myself never really experienced before because it's always come from the tenant's deposit or they've taken it from the um, tenants before they've left the property. But that's something interesting to note now. And I think from a service provider's point of view, it doesn't matter to me (laughs) if you say it's, you know, the landlord's due to pay it, the agency, um, if it has been done through an agency, they're the ones that have booked it. So um, from my, my point of view, then it is actually them that I'll be chasing for payment. But that isn't something that I had anticipated that now because landlords have to pay for it themselves, their agents will actually say, oh, yes, it's not us paying for it, even though we booked a job. It's someone else paying for it and we'll chase them.
1: Um, so right, yeah, right. keep in mind. Yeah, no, very much so. I mean, I, I personally haven't really experienced that. Um, I work with a lot more corporate agents and they tend to um, sort out the that side of things very much up front in regards to um, the initial payment for the landlord. And certainly with our independence and also when we talk to landlords, they tend to pay up front anyway but that's an interesting point and it would be interesting to see what other providers are experiencing and whether that differs whether that's better that's worse so be interesting to you know see if we get any feedback on that but that's a good point um i mean the other kind of obvious changes has been one the lockdown and then as we progressed and moved towards less restrictions we then saw the market opening up and i don't know about you but we went from what I would say zero to a hundred percent rushing around like headless chickens. Once everybody was allowed to start to move, which which is quite heartening, you know, because obviously everyone was worried and we had some clerks with self, self isolating, but many were very worried about, you know, whether there was going to be any work anytime soon. And, but um, we haven't found that that's dropped off, and certainly in regards to the student season, that was just as busy, if not more busy, than it was this time last year. I don't know if you've experienced similar.
0: Yes, and I did. Um, I think it it all came at the same time, so it was kind of that busier time of year anyway. And then obviously the easing of restrictions, and I think everyone just been home for such a long time. Um, everyone was on right move, having a look, and I think the people that were sort of Stuck in flats and things suddenly thought, oh, actually, you know, I want to move and I want a garden. So it it was that kind of impact of everyone all at once. People that were easing from lockdown thinking, yes, we'll move and we'll take this opportunity and um, student season as well. And the agents that I spoke to said they were busier than they had ever been before you know not even sort of that time of year it was literally the busiest that they'd been um trying to accommodate everyone with viewings and um you know getting move-ins happening
1: yeah yeah we had exactly the same i mean the the viewing side not so much from our point of view because we we don't or i certainly don't deal with that side of the, of the industry but certainly talking to other people they yeah, you know, that was extremely extremely busy and obviously very difficult because of having to wear masks having to social distance having to Make sure that you know the property is well ventilated. Making sure that the you know, anybody that was attending were you know did so safely, and also for the viewer as well as you know the person actually conducting the actual uh, viewings, they had to make sure that that was all done. And obviously now we've got the introduction of uh, master's part, the new. Um, requirements under COVID for you know agents mainly because they're now deemed as retails, because they've got a shop front they're on the on the, on the high street as it were, um, so that's kind of changed things for us. We've now got our own entrance as it were, or well, less of an entrance for some of our agents. One of them is actually just a very very big window, but it's fine. <laughs> you know we're quite happy because you know we're not traipsing through, we're not disturbing them. Our staff know to wear gloves and masks, etc. But I think that's definitely been a fundamental change, especially when they've brought in. Um, the new um, recent changes alongside the um, change for helping businesses and people through and past furlough because that ends in October. I don't know if that's anything that's affected you at all on your side.
0: Not so much. It hasn't hasn't had too big of an impact but now with everything else that's going on you know because there isn't so much of a an end in sight it does make you think you can only plan so much and yet so much of it is unknown and it's really it's almost just taking it day by day you know a different thing that's announced and different procedures and it's just trying to incorporate things as, as they happen um and you know see see what you can do as you can do it really
1: yeah, that's all you can do. I mean, a lot of this is very much play by ear. I mean, we've got the legislation, we've got the restrictions, we've got the guidance, so we kind like, of know what we should be doing. But a lot of it, the implementation of it, is very much a case of well, making sure that you want you do it, see what the impacts are, and seeing what, how you can make them better for everybody, so that everybody um, can manage them because it's it's, it's a difficult one right across the board. And certainly, I would argue from the tenant's point of view, one. I think the core. Um, kind of um, discussion I wanted today is about tents, about the fact that they're at home and they're at home a lot more than they would do normally. And as someone pointed out on social media the other day, which got me really thinking, is about the, that fact that because they're at home, there's going to be a natural increase in fair wear and tear of the property because they're going to be using the property so much more. I mean, um, you know, to give an example, I'm a tenant at the moment. I actually had a visit from my landlord yesterday totally pre-arranged all good everything's fine and I was a bit concerned because we've got clean carpet so uh, you know I'm always kind of making sure they're kept clean etc but I also noticed they're a bit more worn than they would normally be and that's because you know we're at home a lot more than we would normally be so therefore we're using things so their their life expectancy the fair wear and tear aspect is really going to come into play you know certainly at the end of my tenancy and I would imagine the majority of tenants especially if they are actually physically working from home I don't know something that that's something you're seeing or you anyone's mentioned or you've thought about yourself yes absolutely I I think it's a really
0: good point that the wear and tear is increasing I mean on a a couple of different notes really I mean I I did an inspection um last week and they had had a baby in January um and started crawling so essentially they've almost had the whole of lockdown um in just in the house and you know the mum has said we've not had any baby groups to go to and they've essentially just been in the house the entire time and if you think normally um you know people with sort of newborn babies young children would be out the majority of the time and I think the impact of having children in Constantly, certainly all the ones that have been kept home from school for a period of months, that is a lot of extra wear to suddenly be seeing. And I think it, it's important that landlords are mindful of that, because I think some landlords are um, a bit predisposed to not want children anyway. <laughs> you know, it's a favourite thing. But then certainly if you've got a family, even if you've got two or three children and they've been home for months at a time, things are going to be more worn than what they would be and you know it's unfair to necessarily put that on the tenant. Um yes, it would have had a
1: longer lifespan in a previous time, but not anymore. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean even just a general like cleaning side of things, I seem to be cleaning a lot more than I would do normally because normally during the core day you'd be out about doing things, etc. and certainly during the the, the the main lockdown, the initial lockdown period um, you know, I was I was at home a lot lot more. Like you said you're using things more, you know you're creating you know a little bit more fair wear and tear. you are creating more dust, you know having to clean more and um, it, it was quite noticeable in some respects. I'm not saying I don't clean. I do in fact I probably clean more <laughs> than, than some um, but it, it was just that because obviously what we do and because of our eye for detail you know you do kind of pick up on these things a lot more and if you're using things day in day out opening doors you know walking up and down carpets up and down the stairs and um, you, you know using the property as you should do you know you're renting it but it's still you know your home and you should be used appropriately. Um, that you know you are going to see a, a definite increase. So I, I, I agree with you. I think it's something that landlords and agents need to be kind of more aware of and and expecting things may not be same as per normal because that there's going to be that extra wear going on and another thing also I was thinking about is the fact that obviously this will increase use of fuel bills because again we're home we're especially now we're getting towards winter we're turning the heating on and maybe if you were out at work during the core day you wouldn't have the heating on you have it at night but now if you're working at home then likelihood you're going to heat the house so fuel bills are going to be more so meter reading certainly at the end of the tendency are going to be more important than ever um, I mean I know a lot of meters are now smart meters so a lot of the providers already know what the, the, the rates are, you know, what to bill and who's responsible. But certainly, I think as providers, we are going to need to ensure that we're capturing all that information, making sure that that isn't missed. And I think another thing that is vital is interim visits, because there's going to be more need, I think, for maintenance. Because again, we're using things, you know, tenants are using items and things that they might have a potential to break down because they're used in you being used more than they would normally be the interim inspections are going to be quite important more so than I think than they ever have been before I don't know what your thoughts are on that
0: so I think because we had that period where we really we weren't doing any interim inspections um, it kind of doubles up with that as well. There are, are, from my point of view, now a backlog that needs to be done, um, and sort of landlords are quite keen to know how how their property's been treated. And I even when I was booking them the other day, I spoke to a tenant, and um, he said, "You know, oh, what you know, what's the inspection about?" And I described what would happen, and he said, "Oh, actually, I do have quite a few little maintenance bits." And I said, "Have you reported them?" To the agent or landlord, he said, Oh, no, I just, you know, I didn't want to be a bother. But they're the kind of thing that do just build up. So, Mm -hmm. and that I think, depending on, you know, how providers are doing it, whether you're booking them in or, you know, it's going privately and you're being given a date and time or an agent's booking it in, it's worthwhile trying to have that conversation with them. Um, If they're not going to be home, certainly to leave you a note or to tell someone what their maintenance things are because. Um, I think sometimes tenants feel like they don't want to be a bother, especially um, maybe in these times where they've been furloughed and there may, you know, may or may not be an impact on their rent. In that, I think people will be worried about seeming awkward to say, Oh, I've got all this long list of things that need to be done, but they are silly things that mount up, you know, like you saying, opening doors and things more it might be a cupboard door and the hinges loose and you know some tenants you'd expect them to screw that in some haven't whether well, that's now caused damage like you say more than ever it's going to be important to have accurate um, reports of of what's happening um, it's just really I suppose whether we're going to have further sanctions in place to do inspections. And I know you touched on something in one of our previous podcasts about tenants having the possibility of carrying out the inspection themselves through the software. And I think that that might be something that we will be led into if it happens again, you know, a, a further possible lockdown. We're already at a backlog now. So we're going to have to look at different ways of doing this to ensure that
1: all of a sudden it's not you know, six or 12 months and no inspections been carried out. You're completely right there. I mean, I think you're perfectly right in regards to tenants do worry that they're going to be a problem, especially now, especially if they, have you said, that they've maybe organised a reduction in rent or maybe they're not being able to pay rent for a little while and maybe that's in, in agreement or not, as the case may be, with a landlord. And then to, then to come up with a list of maintenance issues, then, you know, I can really see why people would be uh, worried about that. But I think there's there's it's incumbent on agents um, because obviously we're not going to see the tenant probably until the reports um is been booked or at the end of the tenancy so therefore we're not in a really in a position to advise until we actually see them or talk to them but I certainly think agents should be more aware of these issues and maybe doing more checks and maybe issuing more guidance and and allaying those kind of fears that You know, it's right that the tenant should state if there's a maintenance issue. It's right that they should report it because then it prevents further damage going down the line. And what could be a small issue like you just said, you know, a door maybe not quite on its hinge could then become a major problem when the door comes off its hinge and it's ripped apart and it's damaged and therefore it's got to be replaced, which means the cost is so much more. But then the tenant hasn't got a timeline to rely on for the information as to say, you know, when that happened, why it happened, what was the causation. And the fact that that they let the agent know and if they haven't done because they said they were trying to be helpful and not be a pain and not be a nuisance, that actually that actually works against them when I think what agents should be doing is encouraging tenants to Use things like self-service inspections to highlight the fact that they've got these issues and get them remedied as quickly as possible, and to prevent that potential issue going forward. And I think also within that, agents got to be aware that tenants will be wor- worried about that. They need to allay their fees, but then tenants also got to be aware they've got a responsibility to make sure that the property is kept well, and that if there are any problems, that they they let everybody know as quickly as possible, so it then doesn't become an issue. Um, so I think. think. think there's a lot of um, there's the onus on both sides of of, of the of the fence as it were to make sure these things don't happen and I also think certainly in regards to not just Interim inspections, but when it comes to checkout, mm-hmm. having uh, the ability to do a pre-checkout um, visit, if that's possible, or given again the tenants the ability to um, do a self-service pre-checkout visit, which we do have on infantry base, will help the checkout process going forward, especially if there has been maybe maintenance issues that have been reported and maybe have not been been dealt with, either because there's a restriction in regards to self-isolating or because maybe the landlord just hasn't um, responded to it because that does happen you know we can't scoot over the waters in that respect you know these things do happen not every landlord is great not every tenant, uh, tenant is great not every agent is great and equally there are agents that are brilliant tenants are brilliant landlords are brilliant so it just depends but I think as long as you've got the mechanisms the ability to sort these problems out and give everybody the option to engage then that's as much as each and any of us can actually do i think certainly agents need to be talking more with the tenants because like you said we don't actually get involved mostly until the end when it comes to the checkout
0: yes that's it and i know i mean there are some agents that are giving sort of little courtesy calls just to see how everything's going um and sort of welfare checks and in that respect and maybe that will prompt people to report any issues then. In line with what you were saying, you know, it is a uh, tenant's responsibility to report problems before they become a bigger issue. I did a checkout recently and part of the ceiling plaster had fallen down. Um, It was completely missing. There was just bare patches of ceiling. And Mm -hmm. the Said, well, you know, it's wear and tear, and we were talking about how that might possibly be, and he said, well, it was just stress cracks, and they got worse and they got worse, and at some point it just fell down. Um, it didn't sort of build on and think, but again, he had not told anyone that that was happening, that it was getting worse, and I think part of that is is in line with the fact you see it every day, and maybe he wasn't realizing how bad it was, but then it was a bigger issue, and then you know, if it had been addressed sooner um if there had been sort of a pre-tenancy check beforehand or you know an interim visit, then it it could have been addressed um in a better way. But obviously that kind of thing was quite a big shock for a landlord that then was planning to rent out the property relatively quickly um in not knowing these things. And you know, unfortunately I think it's probably not as uncommon as it should be that things are just left until the point when, you know, it is a bigger issue.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I can understand like you just said that, you know, a tenant would probably think, well, you know, that doesn't look too bad or that's okay. And then they said not pay really paying much attention to it until it got to that stage. And then of course then I should imagine worry then sets in that, you know, maybe this will look be looked at as a tenant's fault, which, you know, from a fair wear and tear point of view, you can excuse some of it, but equally, they they said they have that uh, responsibility to to look after that property. Just because you're renting, it doesn't that doesn't mean then you don't have to then pay attention. Um, and just because you don't have to maintain it to a certain degree, in regards to you know the um things like boilers and and um, ceiling plasterwork etc. That but that's still incumbent on the uh, tenant to let that landlord know, let that agent know. But again, because we're not having these frequent visits, then that becomes more difficult because you or I would probably pick that up or we'd question it we'd ask you know you know was that there before is it getting worse and then you mo- and that might then be enough to get the tenant to actually have that conversation with the agent or if not we would certainly have that conversation with the agent but I think there's a lot we can be doing in regards to offering solutions regards to the self-service inspections and certainly a checkout and one of the other things then going on from that is obviously because of the um, ban on evictions and the fact that that's now been you know I think it's over to March next year am I right in saying that I think yes I think so Yeah, much yes. So, therefore, there's a potential storing up of problems going forward because a lot of those tenants that maybe are going through that eviction process, you know, understandably, in some certain aspects, would not want inspections and might also not agree to do interim inspections um, on a self-service basis. So again, our reports from an inventory point of view have got to be on point. Um, they've got to have all the right information, all the right level of detail, so that when we get to check out, it's very clear as to what changes have happened and then of course then who's responsible for all that. And again fair wear and tear will come into it, but then if it becomes a maintenance issue that hasn't been brought forward and informed and it's got worse and it's created a bigger set of issues and potentially damages that could be costly to handle, that checkout is going to be absolutely vital from the detail point of view.
0: Yes, and I think this is where sort of third-party inventory providers really come into their own that our advice I think at this time if ever is now more invaluable than it it ever could be you know we do have the experience of knowing what you know what wear looks like over a period of time and we can make some of those assessments as to you know whether it's really just been left to deteriorate and it's something that the tenant could have addressed or you know whether it is something that um, is just going to have happened over a period of time but obviously it's escalated through this and uh, you know with you saying before with meter readings um, all of this now they seem can seem like such small things but mm. these are going to be such big things for landlords and tenants going forward um, uh, the checkout and the inventories are more important than ever
1: yeah yeah I totally agree and it I think certainly from our point of view as providers, it's not something that we don't know, um, but um, something we were kind of talking before we started this particular podcast and it's something we're going to address at another podcast is the fact that we're not very much included in the conversation in regards to tenants and agents. So we're only kind of like getting... Part of the conversation as to what's happening, what's going on. And if we're then not seeing the tenant at checkout from a physical point of view, because normally we'd have a conversation, we would meet them at the property, we'd talk about the property. Um, have a conversation about the um, yeah you know, how the uh, tenancy is gone, whether there's anything that they need us to know, etc. If we don't have that information, we're only going to be able to obviously provide what's in front of us, which is right. But then it'll be in some respects a bit difficult, maybe to apportion liability, you know, to any damage, uh, you know, to decide whether it's fair wear and tear because maybe we don't have that full picture, um, which is certainly something that you know as an industry we need to be looking at and addressing as to how we can be more included in those conversations in the process because if you look at the actual lettings process itself and it's something i've actually mentioned on linkedin today is the fact that you know it's very much governed by legislation by guidance by requirements by um you know, uh, redress schemes, etc, as to how things should be, when they should be, when they should be actioned, how they should be, and so on and so forth. And yet, for some reason, we as inventory providers and the inventory report and checkout report, can't like get frog leaped over? Um, um, and I've never really understood exactly why, because it's such an important document, and like you quite rightly say, even more so now than ever.
0: Yes, and uh, as, as we were sort of saying earlier in our little pre-chat that we do, the fact that our documents are so important and we're not included in the process, it seems a bit illogical in that respect. You know, everything's geared towards what will happen, sort of letting the property and then what happens at the end of the tenancy and the inventory and the checkout are seen by you know most agents and the schemes as so important and to have those independent documents. And yet we're not the ones that are consulted about that throughout the process as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 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 I think it's something that we all know. Um, I think there are solutions. I think there are some really good solutions out there that we could employ. Um, But I think we need a much more collaborative working approach, you you know, throughout the industry as a whole. Um, including deposit schemes, agents, landlords and tenants, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, tenants are, in in fact, the driver. Without a tenant, you know, there's no need for a home. If there's no need for a home, there's no landlord. If there's no landlord, there's no need for an agent. So tenants are very much central to this. So I think, you know, there's certainly things we can do as an industry, as individuals, as providers to help that process. But I think there's also a need for us to be more inclusive and included in that process but certainly that's I think maybe something for our, our next podcast so uh, I think that's kind of like highlighted a lot of things that I'd wanted to say what are you up to now going forward we're now into a rundown towards um, Christmas and and I know people are going oh my god don't use the c word yeah <laughs> We're in the winter, you know. We're we're literally days away from October, so it's not that long. I mean, I'm already planning for my Christmas dinner, etc. And certainly, you know, during this period, we certainly see a little bit of a, you know, of a rundown, you know, in regards to report numbers, etc. Is there anything that you're planning on um, doing uh, in the run up um, to that quiet period, or everything is pretty much just business as usual for you?
0: Um, It it is business as usual. Things will start getting a little quieter now. um, And I think because we've had such a busy season, it's um, quite welcome to (laughs) start having that break and being able to focus a little bit on more, you know, more of the mundane administrative tasks. Um but as we've sort of been talking about inspections, I've seen a massive increase in those now. Um and I think possibly because of the worry that we might have the next lockdown. So the ones that were postponed before, um, obviously landlords have been chasing those and I think agents and people have thought, oh okay, you know, we'll we'll get to those. But um, myself in particular, I've now had a sort of a a big batch of them because people are worried that, well, if it happens again, you could conceivably, you know, have a property 12 months down the line that's not had anyone visit it, um, which people are, you know, rightfully a little bit worried about. And I think um, that now more than ever takes more time than what it would do because it's sort of managing the whole process. And, you know, I touched on talking to a tenant earlier and just explaining how it would be in the PPE that I was going to wear and I feel like um, I'd probably say the same thing to everyone you know I, I'm repeating myself a lot but people mm-hmm. are and it's important to address that so that's taking more time than it probably normally would have previously but um, I, yes I think once those inspections are out the way then we're, we're fully towards Christmas really.
1: Yeah, very much so. I wonder, well, one thing I do wonder, and obviously, what's happening with the student market at the moment, what's happening in Glasgow, Manchester and other areas. And, and from a UK mainland point of view, um, we um, are a few weeks behind Scotland is whether, you know, we are going to see a mass exodus of students leaving their properties. Um, And it's something I touched on in a a LinkedIn post that I uh, put up yesterday, was if we are going to see that, then what does that mean for the landlords, for the agents in regards to the properties being unattended, void, for want of a better phrase, if there's no one Mm. physically there? The fact that we're going towards winter, the fact that, you know, inherently, you know, pipes burst properties get damaged because um, of the cold weather and we don't necessarily yet know what that will look like and then if the properties aren't Um, having tenants, uh, you know, students living there because they've all gone home um, early, you know, does that mean then that they're going to be adequately insured? And it also, does it mean then that landlords are going to be looking maybe to the residential market to get the properties filled? You know, will we see an uptake um, in the next tranche of students like we normally do around around January time? Or are we going to see that you know be a very quiet period, an unusually quiet period, because of what's going on? Um, it's very much up in the air, very open. But I think certainly from agents and landlords' point of view, they need to be thinking about like this, like now. So is that you know tenants are going to go home? Will they be asking for you know to be released from their um, from their tenancies? Will they be asking for a rent reduction? How does that, all that look? And then obviously from a provider point of view. What do we need to be doing about that? Will we see, in a way, an increase in um, interim inspections because they'll effectively become void inspections because the fact someone at some point needs to make sure that the property is okay, it's not, you know, drowning in, in um, flood water or have, you know, massive holes in the ceiling or, or problems, uh, you know, with anything of the fabric of the building because no one's there, no one's keeping it warm, no one's using it, no one's keeping an eye on it.
0: Yes. I mean, it's a really good point. Uh, Like you say, there there are sort of the two threads, really. Will the students just leave? Um, as they did kind of March-April time, a lot of them just went home and and sort of left it and did classes online from home. Um, And at that point, we saw a rise in checkouts and landlords thinking, you know, I'll try and rent the property. Um, The impact on the market could be quite substantial if they can't rely on students coming in, you know, certain periods throughout the year. If they're always going to worry that they might have to leave the property at some point, whether these are going to be made Um, more residential homes and like you say the ones that are just leaving and and intending on coming back whether the agents and landlords will ask us to do um, more interim visits I mean I know I did a checkout at a property where the tenants hadn't been there for some months but they hadn't carried out the checkout and there'd actually been a leak and part of the roof had come through Um, and the damage was you know catastrophic but no one no one had known about it Um, and I think depending on like you say the insurances and the contracts and things that's something that agents and landlords need to make making their tenants aware of whether they're going to be held responsible for um, you know not keeping the property secure and in good order
1: yeah I mean that's a really good example and that's that's the kind of exactly the kind of Thing I'm thinking about, you know, if those properties are, un, uh, un, oh, I keep want to say unmanned. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they're not tenanted. There's no one living there, and like you said, something like that happens then, you know, where does everybody stand from an insurance point of view? Where does everyone stand from a liability point of view? But more importantly, the damage to the property going unchecked for that amount of time. um, Yeah, I can see this happening more and more and more, not necessarily in student halls, you know, these big purpose built properties, um, but certainly in the residential HMO type properties, I can see that happening. Um, And I think certainly it's something for agents to be thinking about and maybe doing more void checks depending on what happens to the market but we're not going to know really what that's going to look like certainly for the next couple of weeks so i think that's probably going to feature very much indeed in our next podcast so but it's certainly something to uh, get the gray matter working on at this time yes (laughs) it's important to consider isn't it definitely definitely well I think that's um, a great way to wrap up today's podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, It's it's been a while, but as everyone knows in the industry, you know, these last few months, certainly during the summer period, has been very, very busy um, and everyone's been concentrating on their own business. But we're looking forward, Melissa and I, to discussing more what's happening with the industry. I think there's a lot more to be uh, going on with as we head towards Christmas. And um, I think certainly the student market is definitely going to be a subject of conversation for our next podcast. So um, look forward to welcome you all then. Uh, Thank you again, Melissa. Thank you for your time, because I know you're very, very busy. No, you're more than welcome. I always enjoy our chats. Yeah, me too, me too. We look forward to inviting everybody to our next Inventory Professional Podcast.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Inventory Professional Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast now and share the love. This podcast was brought to you by Inventory Base, providers of industry-leading property inspection software, accredited
1: training, and on-demand property reports.